Karina said to me this morning, it's like, you can say whatever you like. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Um, but I, I won't do that. Um, now, I know, I'm sure you're looking forward to a few comments about River Church and our experience thereof. But I, I, I'm not, I hope I don't disappoint you. I'm going to leave that until the end when you get us up to maybe pray for us. Um, I'd like to get into the word, actually. So a bit more serious stuff first and then we'll have a laugh at the end rather than start laughing about Pat now. Um, I want to just encourage you, basically. That's the best thing a minister or person, whoever shares, can do. And um, this might seem obvious to some of you, but I've had on my heart... Uh, this phrase, nothing to fear, nothing to fear. Now, I'm aware Tim spoke on fear not too long ago, but I've already been thinking a lot about this. And I want to just state the perhaps not so obvious thing to you, that God sees so much potential in, in each of you. I mean, real potential. Um, and God will use you in ways that he's not using anyone else. And he's picked you for a reason, and you've got a tremendous future if you just give yourself lock, stock and barrel to the Lord. Um, and as Tim said, picking up what he said, if any of you are depressed, I mean, I've been through times of depression. And you, I mean, once, I mean, don't worry, it wasn't recently, but once I even considered ending my life, once upon a time. Um, but I wanted to say this to you. When, you, when you're depressed, you know, do you know what the best solution is? As Tim said, it's not to wish you were somewhere else, but it's to just seek to do what's in front of you as God leads you. I was really depressed one day, and I, I was really fed up and just wanted to just pack it all in. And I went and had a coffee with a pastor. That was the first thing he'd invited me, so I went and had a coffee with Trevor Hall from the Oak. I then went and chaired a Church Together meeting, which I did not feel like doing, and then I led an Alpha course. And I came home radiant, you know, I was absolutely full of the Spirit. And all I'd done was simply do the little thing that God had for me. And it, it, it got rid of that cloud. It might be as simple as washing up. <laughs> you might feel rubbish, but just do what God puts in front of you and you will be lifted to another level within your circumstances. And I want to say this before I get on to the message. God really, really believes in you. God believes in you. I know we got, we're going to be talking about Abraham believing in God and having, but God believes in you. My Rebecca once wore some jewellery to school <clears throat> and she got told off by the teacher. And she came home in tears and she said, Daddy, you know, she confessed it. She said, Daddy, does the Lord still believe in me? I went, oh, yes, he does. Absolutely. He believes in you. And as we go into the word now, I just want to leave that with you. God sees you absolutely bristling with potential. You are like, um, dare I say it, nuclear reactors yet to be tapped. I'm not lying to you. You really do have potential in a special, unique way. And my message to you, my parting message, if you like, is you've got nothing to fear. Go for it. Go for it. Whatever it is, go for it. I've seen John, I'm going to embarrass him, John at the back there. Since he's retired, he's been seeing all these guys and doing things, and it's had a tremendous effect. Like cement in the bricks of the wall of the church and he's just doing his little thing as well as making coffee but you know God has such plans for you don't look at other people just he's got potential you've got nothing to fear now we're going to look at the life of Abraham and um, <clears throat> Abraham was basically a man of faith that's what his life is about 
But if you, if you can see there, um, he also had a real mixture of failure and fear. And he really screwed up at times. Isn't that encouraging for us? That you don't have to be Mr. Superfaith. You can really get it wrong sometimes. You can be afraid, you can have failure, but God will still use you through your fear, failure, and your faith. Um, so, let me just uh, say something about... Yeah, I just said Abraham was such a mix of faith, <coughs> failure, and fear, but he still gets listed as a person of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, where they list all the great people of faith. He still gets put there... And, and this is the wonderful thing, God still calls Abraham my friend. In Isaiah 41 verse 8, God says, Abraham's my friend. And Abraham really did screw up at times. But he had faith and he kept going with the Lord. He believed in the Lord and the Lord believed in him. Now, um, what else can I say about it? Let's look at some of the acts of faith he did. If you, haven't, if you don't know much about Abraham, I haven't got time to tell you everything. Go and read Genesis chapters 12 to 25. Okay? I'm not going to, because otherwise I'll do a long introduction and I will beat Pat's record. All right? Bless you, brother. I'm just. But acts of faith, right? One thing he did, or some of the things he did, first he believed God. That doesn't mean he believed there's a God up there, like lots of people, but he believed what God said and acted on it. Okay? We'll come back to that. Secondly, at times he was incredibly brave. When his nephew, Lot, got kidnapped by four armies, he went at night with 318 men and he attacked them. Now, a lot of people might be a bit scared of attacking four armies, but he did it. And this is one bit paint, bit, this might make the men's eyes water. God told him to circumcise himself and all his other adult men, not just little kids. And he was about 90 years old. Now, if you knew you had to do that, <laughs> without going into detail, I mean, he, was quite, he did it on the very same day. Um, we won't go any further with that one, but can you imagine? <laughs> it says on the same day he did it. I mean, what a brave man. <clears throat> Let's move on. <laughs> he obeyed swiftly. That's similar. He obeyed swiftly. And even when God said to him, will you offer up your son, Isaac, your loved, beloved son, will you offer him as a sacrifice? As far as he knew, God wanted him to be sacrificed. And he obeyed the next day. He took his son off to Mount Moriah the very next day. He didn't like spend five months praying about it. He was swiftly obedient. And he refused to compromise. There's a time when a rich king came to him, the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom was a very worldly, wicked man, and he offered him wealth and riches because he'd just won a battle. And he said, no, I'm not going to compromise with the world. I'm not going to take riches from this wicked, worldly man. God will honour me. So, you know, he was a really good example of faith. But he also had a bit of <laughs> mess-ups as well. Fear and failures, right, let's just zoom through these. Rather than waiting for God's timing, he took matters into his own hands. Do you remember a lady called Hagar in the story? If you, there was an Egyptian maid called Hagar, and he believed that God was going to give him a son, but he didn't really... At times he wobbled, and he started to think, well, maybe God's going to do it through my own cleverness. So he went and, had, he went and slept with this lady 
trying to get a son that way. And that led to all kinds of consequences. Primarily, it led to Ishmael and the Arab peoples of today. Now, God loves the Arab peoples, and he's doing a mighty work among them. But it wasn't really his original idea to have this people group appear like that. But God can use all these things and work through them. And he's doing a mighty work among the Arab peoples today. Um, Abraham, uh, he also reacted. Um, Just let me say something about that. One time he was in a place and there was no food. And instead of asking the Lord, what should we do? I've got 318 men here. I've got families and children. Instead of asking the Lord, what should we do? Instead of consulting with the Lord, he just reacted. Can we not all do that? You just react. Okay, well, I'm going to do this then. Common sense. And he went off down to Egypt without asking God. And the result of that was that he he seemed to get away with it. He came back with lots of wealth. He came back with camels and gold and asses and donkeys. It seemed like he got away with it. But the problem was he had a nephew with him called Lot, and Lot got a taste for the world. In Egypt, Lot got a taste for the world. And do you know where Lot ended up living? A place called Sodom, a wicked city. And one thing led to another, and then Lot had children by his own daughters. He had incest, and it led to the Ammonite peoples and the Moabite peoples, which were real problems for Israel. And sometimes when we just react without listening to God, it leads to a chain of consequences much further down the line. And Abraham did this. He got things wrong. But God still calls him, my friend, And God still made him worthy to stand in the list of Hebrews chapter 11. So I want to just encourage you, really. You may feel you failed here, done this. Get up and go. Have nothing to fear because God God has got plans for you. Just like Abraham. Um, I won't dwell on this, but he let a lot of fears worry him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He half obeyed sometimes. He was told to leave his home country and he decided he'd take his dad with him out of respect. He decided he'd take his nephew with him, out of respect. God didn't say, take your dad with you or take your nephew. He said, you go. And that led to problems. So he kind of half obeyed. And he was economical with the truth. He didn't lie, but he went into Egypt saying, this woman, who was his wife, he went around saying, this is my sister. Which was half true. Because she was his half-sister. But he didn't say, she's my wife, because he was afraid they'd kill him. So I want to encourage you. But he was economical with the truth, but he's still listed as a man of faith. Right, let's move on. The great deception called fear. I just want to talk about fear a moment before we look at the passage I've got for you. There's a picture of Franklin Roosevelt, US president during the Second World War. America was in dire trouble in the 1930s and everyone was paralysed by fear. The country needed to get back up on its feet. And In his first inaugural speech in 1933, he said these famous words. I was listening to it the other day. He says, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed effort to convert retreat into...